Good evening, everybody. Today is Monday, August 30th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is There is a Solution. And our speaker tonight from across the country is Kelly B. So take it away and thank you for being here, Kelly. Thank you, Arlene. Uh, Kelly B, Compulsive Overeater. Um, thank you to everyone for being here tonight. Um, it's, it's such an honor to speak at meetings because I'm, so many people on this line have taken my calls, have helped me through my life, um, have, you know, have trudged with me. So I, I'm grateful that I could try to give this back however I can um, by sharing my story. Um, if you don't hear what you need to hear today, you know, please go to another meeting. Um, you know, we're, we're here to help. Um, so I, so I love this chapter. I just read this chapter with a sponsee last week. Um, you know, the, the first bit of it saying, you know, uh, we have Alcoholics Anonymous know thousands of men and women who are ju once just as hopeless as Bill, um, nearly all have recovered and they have solved the food problem. Um, and that gives me a lot of hope, um, because, you know, I was in OA for two years, um, where I was doing the dieting with group support. Um, where, you know, I was going through step work, I was doing service, I was doing all of these things, but I, you know, the drink problem, the food problem wasn't solved for me. Um, I, I was still, I was still binging. I was still eating sugar. I was having ice cream in moderation. And then all of a sudden I've had three pints of ice cream. Um, you know, um, the drink problem hadn't been solved for me yet, you know, and I'm going to use drink and food like interchangeably. Um, but I, I mean, food when I say it, um, and this gives me a lot of hope saying nearly all have recovered. Um, which means, you know, if I follow the directions in this book, I'm going to recover. Um, and, uh, you know, later on in that page on page 17, uh, for those of you on the podcast, um, we've discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. So this is the beauty of Zoom is that a bunch of people have discovered the common solution on Zoom with me. Because um, I mean, even though I came into program before, um, before we were switched to Zoom, um, I didn't get my recovery until these screens happened. Um, until I was able to hear experience, strength and hope all over the world and make friends in New York and in Florida and Ireland and Germany. Um, there's a bunch of people looking for the common solution. Um, and then, um, okay. So on page 18, okay. So this is this, this, I really relate to, and I'll share my experience with it. Um, this is where there's not understanding of what the food addiction is, but not so with the alcoholic illness for with it, there goes annihilation of all things worthwhile in life. It engulfs all whose lives touch the sufferers. It brings misunderstanding, fierce resentment, financial insecurity, disgusted friends and employers, warped lives of blameless children, sad wives and parents. Anyone can increase this list. So in my disease, this is what happened. Um, you know, Yes, you know, I, I learned with my sponsor, step one, the first part of it, that I can't have sugar and flour. Those are alcoholic for me. So once I ingest those into my body, who knows what's going to happen? And then second part of step one, my life is unmanageable. And, um, you know, I had, you know, people had fierce resentment against me, you know, especially people close to me 
because I was always, you know, trying to tell them what to do. Um, I was trying to tell them what they should do with their career, what they should do with your baby. I don't have a baby, what they should do with their relationship. I didn't have a relationship. I was giving advice on things that I had no experience with. It was kind of like I was pulling things from the air to, to tell someone what to do. Um, I caused a lot of financial insecurity in my family. Um, you know, when I quit my job, um, it, um, before I got into recovery, you know, I thought my mom was just going to take care of it. You know, I always had a bailout plan. I thought my parents would just bail me out. So I created insecurity within the family, um, disgusted friends and employers. Um, I mean, I was six months into, um, a job when I was in, you know, in 2018 and they wanted to fire me because, you know, I was telling the bosses what they should be doing. You know, meanwhile, they hired me, um, you know, and, you know, sad wives and parents, you know, my mom felt like she couldn't, she didn't know how to help me. Um, and you know, this is how my life is unmanageable. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit about my story, um, in the disease, um, so now we can, but at least now I have all those experiences. So now I can comfort others with those experiences. I can say like, I've recovered from this. I've been able to, you know, repair those relationships. Um, you know, and then as we move down in the page, um, you know, someone who is properly armed with facts about himself can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours until such an understanding is reached literal and nothing can be accomplished. So here's where I insert the therapist and the psychiatrist um, for me. You know, they helped me in a lot of ways, but they, they didn't have the food addiction like you guys have. Um, when my sponsor talks to me about her food addiction or when you guys share about it so bluntly about, you know, um, having the chocolate, you know, the, the ice cream containers and then hiding it under your bed, you know, eating half the chocolate ice cream container and then putting it in the, the trash. And then an hour later, you're back into the trash, pulling that out, hoping that no bugs got on it, you know, so that you can eat it again. You know, a doctor, doctors just hadn't been through that. So they don't understand that when I have that, I can't control my next action. Um, but you get, you got the confidence of me, you know, this, and, and, and that's the beauty of our fellowship. Um, and then on page 19, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. So, you know, the first step was to put down my alcoholic foods and to admit that my life was unmanageable, but then, you know, I need to bring this into my work. Um, you know, uh, a lot of, you know, and, you know, for the people on the podcast, um, you know, I lost my job about three months ago or four, three or four months ago. And, um, I had to bring this program into my work life. I, I had to show up each day. Um, even though I knew that it was going to be the last few days and be of service and ask how I could be helpful. Cause they were paying me for those days. Um, you know, and I have to remain honest, you know, I couldn't be shady about, oh, I'm doing an interview about this time. Like I had to be honest. Um, and, uh, I had to trust God too, you know? And then once that got, once that job I let go of, I had two months of really trusting God, really trusting that it was going to work out and relying on the fellowship and relying on my sponsor, um, that it was going to be okay. All I did was, all I had to do was take the action 
and, you know, it, it would lead me to something better. Um, and, and it did, it did lead me to something better. You know, I'm employed and I have a great job today. Um, and then those of us who live in large cities are overcome by the reflection that close by hundreds are dropping into oblivion every day. Um, and this is the sadness. And this is why it's great to have people in all parts of my recovery. I have people that are a few days into recovery, someone that just relapsed. I have, you know, people that are a few months ahead of me, a few years ahead of me, like 20 years ahead of me. Um, so it reminds me, um, it reminds me of like where I can go, where I haven't been. If someone's been in relapse, if someone, you know, you know, has been doing this for 20 years. Um, so yeah. Um, let's move on to the next page. Um, then on 20, we talk about how I need to stop being selfish with myself. Um, so we have to depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may may help meet their needs. Um, so this is what keeps me recovered a day at a time is that I'm constantly trying to think of other people. Um, you know, some of the nice boundaries that get put into my schedule are that I talk to sponsees Monday to Friday in the mornings. Um, each of them have a 15 minute time slot and we go through the big book. So it keeps my nose in the book. Um, and, um, and, you know, if it, whenever someone reach out returning voicemails, um, when I know my voicemails start to get, um, you know, uh, piled up, that means like, you know, I'm headed for trouble. So I have to be responding, um, because that's a way to help meet the needs of other people. Um, and then here's the question, what do I have to do? Um, and this is where we start to talk about, um, you know, the different types of alcoholics or different types of food addicts. Um, you know, for, for me, um, I, I thought I was, I could be in the moderate eating category where, oh, I could have some sugar. I could have some flour. Um, and I tried that for two years and it always left me in pain. Um, I remember one time, um, you know, I had eaten so much and this was two years into program. Um, and I was like throwing up on the wall. And then I call my sponsor the next day and I say, Hey, like this happened, like, I, you know, hopefully that's it. And he's like, the physical isn't enough. Like, it's not enough. It doesn't matter how much pain you're in physically. Um, you know, uh, but then this is when, you know, I, I heard people in the, I heard my sponsor in the rooms, um, before I asked her to be my sponsor, like where she had that piece. Um, yeah. So I'm the real, oh, was that the first 10 minutes? Okay. Um, so I am the, I am the real food addict, um, where, you know, I just turn into the Jacqueline Hyde. I just turn into like a completely different person. Um, I stop responding to people. Um, I can't pick up the phone. Um, uh, you know, I might be showing up in other areas of my life, but I'm definitely not showing up for anything that has to do with helping anyone else. Um, and then, um, okay. And then 22, um, we have a high powered sedative and liquor to quiet his nerves so he can go to work. I mean, that's what it turned into towards the end for me is that I needed food to get through the day. I couldn't handle getting through the day without it. Um, 
yeah. And, you know, in 23, it talks more about um, no more idea why he took that first strength than you have. But in their hearts, they really do not know why they do it. And they are baffled a lot. Um, there is the obsession that somehow someday they will beat the game. They often suspect they are down for the count. And that's what happened to me in October. Um, I was very baffled. Um, and uh, I, I knew that I was down. I knew I was down for the count. Um, that if, if I continued down this way of life, um, I, I, I don't know what, what was going to happen. Um, I needed to live a different way. Um, and this is what it said, you know, the tragic truth is that, that if this man is a real alcoholic, the happy may, the happy day may not arrive. Um, and my sponsor had shared with me, she was like, you, you know, we don't know if you're going to come back. We don't know. Like if you pick up, we, we, who knows? Um, and that really struck a chord with me. Um, that if I, if I pick up today, I, you know, who knows if I come, maybe I'll be back in 10 years, maybe I'll be dead when, you know, who knows? So I need to stop today and do whatever I can. Um, yeah. And then we keep moving into that insanity. Um, okay. So now we can go into the, there is a solution part. <laughs> um, so on top 25, um, Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't like, you know, four and five where I had to look at where my care, where my, where, where are my issues with others? Um, looking at that fourth column and seeing uh, a lot of the times I just never communicated with people. I just kind of like threw them out of my life and was like, ah, I don't like this person. And then I just cut people out of my life. Um, you know, I didn't like looking at that. I didn't like making amends for that. Um, but I had to share that with someone else, um, for me to get through that. Um, and we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved. Um, and that's when, you know, I looked to my sponsor and I had seen that she, the problem had been solved in her. Um, and that's, you know, when I worked through this and um, rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence. Um, and now I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. And that's only five and a half months into program um, where I have right relationships with my mom um, and my family. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the way I look at each day is how can I be of service? um, to God's children. Um, and that was part of the reason why, you know, I took my current job, um, was because there was a need for it. There, there was, there was a need for someone to fulfill this role. And it wasn't something I tried to push or manipulate myself into, um, which is what I had done in the past. Um, yeah i mean i guess i'll just yeah the talk about my vital spiritual experience so as a result of doing these steps you know i learned a lot about myself and i created a relationship with power um you know with um 
how I kind of maintain that relationship with power is I do my prayer meditation in the morning. I really like doing walks. Like I do prayer walks in the morning, every morning. Um, they're usually like 15 to 30 minutes where, you know, I'm not listening to music. I'm, um, talking to God, you know, I'm saying the third step prayer. I'm saying the set aside prayer. Um, and though that's where I maintain a lot of the connection starting in the morning. And then throughout the day, whenever things are happening, I'm just saying, thank you. Like, you know, even if I don't know if a God's there, I'm just saying, thank you throughout the day, um, to admit that I'm not the God, you know, each day, five Um, minutes. Okay. Five minutes. Cool. Um, I do my 10 steps, which, you know, for this, it is, you know, I have my plan of eating and my gratitudes. Um, I look at where am I resentful? Where am I selfish? Where am I dishonest? Where am I jealous? Where am I fearful? Um, And these are right out of the big book, but it's just like this neat journal that um, one of the um, uh, OA groups created. Um, You know, fear is something that comes up a lot. You know, when my character defects get aggravated, it's usually because I'm scared of something or I'm in fear. Um, You know, whether it be financial around, you know, job stuff or um, worried about what someone else is going to do. Um, you know, do I owe an apology? Um, a recent apology I had to clean up was, you know, a friend invited me for a vacation and, you know, I didn't want to go, but, but my, well, okay. I said yes right away. Um, because I just say yes to everything so quickly. I don't even consider my plans. I don't even look at my week. I don't even look at my calendar and I just say yes. Um, and that's an issue because I, you know, I drag people around in the turmoil of, am I coming or am I not coming or whatever I, you know, because I want the options. So, you know, I had to make apology to this person, um, last week, um, and that's now a behavior I need to let go of where I have to look at my schedule, see if it works. Um, you know, consult with another person. Don't let it spin around in my mind. Um, don't go into the negotiation of, is this good? You know, let someone else in a little bit sooner. Um, so I don't create the wreckage next time. Um, you know, I have the freedom from bondage prayer I do. Um, so constantly I'm praying for grant me freedom from, from, uh, uh, pride and replace it with humility. That's a big one for me. Grant me freedom from fear and replace it with trust. Um, and then I have the people that I pray for. Um, and it's just usually, you know, who's on my heart that day that I'm praying for. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that is, um, sorry, the share was kind of all over the place. I really hope you heard something that's helpful. Um, if not, please go to another meeting. Um, this meeting is Monday to Wednesdays. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to be of service however I can be. So my number is in the, in the chat box. Um, yeah. Thank you for letting me uh, be of service. Great. Thank you so much, Kelly. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter, There is a Solution that we're studying this week. And we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. So if you'd like to ask a question, put it in the participants and the Zoom host will uh, select you. Thank you so much, Arlene. Um, I see Hillary followed by Michelle. Go ahead, Hillary. Hi, I'm still Hillary and I'm still a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, I just, Kelly, 
thank you so much for your share today and your wisdom and for your service every day. And um, God put you in my path for a reason. And I always go back to um, your welcome call. I don't even know if you were the official welcome person, but you called me and you sent me the best welcome kit package in the mail. I felt like a kid at camp um, with my name in big letters on the on the package and with OA literature and um, a journal to put my notes in. And since then, um, you have shown me the value of fellowship that I did not know that I needed or craved or wanted. And, um, and uh, I really do think that um, in your, uh, in the ways I see you give service, you are really, um, keeping me in the center of the herd. And I thank you. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Hillary. Next, I see Michelle, go ahead. Hi, Kelly. Um, it's so good to see you. Congratulations on where you are in your recovery. It's, um, it's so inspiring. It's so beautiful. I'd just like to ask if you could dive in more to that transition, you know, okay, it wasn't the pain, the pain didn't make it, it wasn't enough. And, um, you know, you were flirting with the idea of moderate eating and just all this other stuff. Can you just speak a little bit further, please, about um, what changed and, and is it something that you did or that was done in your heart uh, or done to you? Yeah, I mean, um... It, it was in October where, um, I just had had enough. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I was definitely suicidal. Um, and I just, I couldn't handle it anymore. And I had seen, you know, my sponsor in the rooms, you know, and she had a piece and she had a freedom about her. And I was like, if someone's going to get me sober off this food, it's going to be this person. Um, because she had shown by example, you know, the recovery, um, so, you know, I became, I became willing, that was the shift. I became willing to do everything. I wasn't doing like the buffet anymore, you know, of like, oh, maybe I'll do a little bit of step four. Oh, I'm going to leave this out. Oh, I'm not going to do that amends. I'm just going to leave that amends out. That's what I was doing with other sponsors. I wasn't honest. You know, I, I, I still was, um, hiding things, lying by omission. I mean, you know, I had a lot of that. Um, but I was willing to like start fighting for my life. And I think, and then that's when God was like, okay, Kelly's willing. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, I feel like, you know, I like how there's another speaker that says like, when you, when you walk to God, he runs to you. So I feel like I started to make those, you know, I started to take action and then God came running to help me. That was beautiful, Kelly. Thank you. And thank you, Michelle, for that question. Uh, next, we have Emily followed by Aaron. Go ahead, Emily. Hi, family. Emily D., recovered compulsive overeater in Chicago, um, and really grateful to be here tonight to hear your share, Kelly. I've been wanting to hear your share forever. Um, so this is great kismet. Um, you know, I loved what you had to say about the accrual of experiences that you've had can now help someone else. And I was just talking to a sponsee this morning 
who was just having some frustrations with, um, you know, sponsoring herself now. And we were laughing because by the end of her share with me, I was like, you do know you used to do that, right? Like, we, we attract who we need in this program. And I loved what you said about the levels. And this has been my case too, you know, in terms of fellowship, that there are people that like, uh, I sort of, you know, that, that, that feature on your phone where people can track your location. Like I have people in this program that are that for me, like no, people know what I'm doing all the time. Um, so there's like that epicenter but then there's also, you know, the people who have much more time than me, people who have similar experiences to me. And then, of course, people who are new. And I really appreciate your reminder. And I heard this in a share yesterday, too, of true, what, what, what is life like if we truly put recovery first? You know, and, and I've taken to thinking about recovery, not as like it's over here and life is over here, but just we've, we're, we've signed up for a way of living. Um, and I think for me, there is a solution, trusting God. I went to God today in two way prayer and I was like, tell me what to do. And he's like, I'm not a crystal ball. I don't know. Why don't you take the next step and I'll walk with you and we'll find out more as we go together. And I was like, that is cool. God like that. But I want the solution to be any, like something prescriptive and clear and in the tea leaves. And it's just like, all that searching and searching and searching makes me crazy. So I'm here to just say like, I'm in listening mode. Like I'm listening for the invitation, listening to what life's giving me. And for today, like the food is down and I'm so grateful for that. And so grateful for your share, Kelly, really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. Next we have Erin followed by Sherry. Go ahead, Erin. Hi, I'm Erin, compulsive overeater. Um, thanks, Kelly, for your share. I'm a newcomer. Um, I dabbled in the program for several months last year. And now I'm back a few weeks in. Um, it's funny how we can just lie to ourselves and, and believe it and just lie to the world. I just related so much with what you said. Um, I was working the, working the steps last year with a sponsor and everything all while eating like a measured amount of low-fat ice cream every single day with every lunch and I just look forward to it until one day I opened my freezer and I had 18 pints of low-fat but like it was just it was just all I had in my freezer right and so um I experienced like so much physical pain through that and when I left the program I really thought I still thought about it every day because you can't unknow what you hear in these rooms but I um I would always think like, what is it going to take? Like, what is my bottom going to be? Like, I'm going to have to gain massive amounts of weight. You know, I always thought it was going to be like a physical thing. And like you said, the physical pain, it didn't do it for me either. Like I could go to bed in with the worst stomach aches and it didn't matter and swear up and down. I wouldn't do it again. And it didn't matter. And then several weeks ago, I went to bed after binging all day. And yes, I was physically uncomfortable, but I, never I shared this in here before I've never experienced like the mental agony of laying in that bed that night just thinking like like fuck this disease like I don't know what to I don't know my way out of this and if I have to keep going like the next day I woke up and I was willing to come back because it's terrified me it's like I'm begging God to make me fall asleep because I could not live in my mind for one more second 
and it, it just terrified me. If I was awake and like at work, I feel like that's the closest I've been to suicidal and I never want to feel it again. And it was just terrifying. So I come here for hope and that's what you, you know, thank you for the hope that you shared tonight. It's exciting to know that the promises can happen so quickly if we, you know, are as honest as we can be and we work our steps. And I just used to binge because I felt like I had to. It was the best way somebody explained it one time. We binge because we have to. And it's, it's the most simple explanation I had. Like, it's all I knew. I would do it mechanically against my conscious will, like a robot going in and grabbing the next thing. And I'm just grateful to not have to do that and that there is a solution um, and that you guys are here to, to share it with us. So thank you. Thank you so much, Erin. Next up, we have Sherry M. Go ahead, Sherry. Hey, everyone. Um, good evening. Um, if it's evening there, I don't know. Uh, my name is Sherry, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Kelly. Welcome to anyone that's new or struggling. I really always relate so much to your share. And, you know, um, this is a question that I have. I really would love your experience, strength, and hope. You know, we have a chapter, right? So now I have a similar experience to you going to meetings, doing my own methods, still going back to the food. And then once I found this solution, right? This chapter is there is a one solution and then you got recovered. And I'm wondering, I find it very uncomfortable. I only attend big book meetings. I don't even go to my local meetings. You and I live in the same town. I find it very uncomfortable to go into a room of what I used to be, right? And I have a solution and I'm the minority. So I'm the 1% now that's been saved from the hell of compulsive overeating. So could you please share anything? Do you attend regular meetings to be the example of the program? How, how do you handle that? You know, cause you're over here, you're recovered. And then you, it's almost like the survivor guilt type of thing. Cause you have all these fellows that maybe you were friends with that, are still calling you for outreach in the food. How, how do you transition and find peace with all of that? I find it to be very um, confusing. So if you could give any feedback, I'd really appreciate it, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally hear that. Um, you know, it, it's it's very, it, it's painful. Um, you know, it's painful to see, yeah, that, that people aren't using the big book. Um, just because I just know how painful it is to be in the disease and how awful, like what I went through for two years be, and, you know, I, and that I wasn't using the big book, you know, I, you know, it's sad, but what you were saying, yeah. I mean, like being an example, like I do a Tuesday meeting, um, six 30 big book study in Los Angeles center group. Um, so if anyone would like to come, we would love to have you share your experience, strength and hope. Um, uh, I've had a few fellows, I think on this line, do it. Um, and it's a great way, uh, I think to bring, you know, the recovered folks into that meeting, um, and, and to try to help the still suffering compulsive overeaters. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I like for, for my recovery, I like to go to, you know, certain meetings where all of you guys are, <laughs> but definitely like, you know, I, I, I need to be, be reminded of how painful it was. Like if my sponsor hadn't been going to this one unrecovered meeting on Wednesday nights that I used to go to, then I don't know if I would have found this. So I, I think it's like, we kind of have to, like, I like what another fellow shares. We kind of have to like stay in the water, like pull people out of the drowning, you know, keep pulling people out. Um, 
So, you know, I, I want to, you know, that's, yeah, I, I think it, yeah, all we could do is pre present, uh, you know, our, and not shy away, I think, from sharing about the big book, um, even if it makes other people feel uncomfortable, um, because this is where the spirit, because I mean, it tells us, like, if we don't have a spiritual awakening, um, we die. I mean, we, you know, so I just hope this for everyone. So yeah, <laughs> that's my, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Sherry, for that question. So um, Amy, I was just going to say, I think we can stop the recording.